Should a men's group watch a Bible teaching video series led by a woman? Is Jonathan Kahn a false teacher? And if your church tells you you can't come unless you wear a mask, should you go somewhere else? The answers when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible reading in the Word of Christ, that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Let all your friends know about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. And here once again is Becky Hughes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, babe. Thanks. And it's you know, good to be back. You know, because of your absence on Friday, uh-huh. because you're not regularly here, the listenership on Friday has plummeted. Oh. <laughs> it's it's because you haven't been on. Aww. You are the draw on the Friday episode. I think it's just the conversation. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I know. think we got some good chemistry going on. We do. We're pretty good at you that. Know. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of the love of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. Right back at you, babe. (laughs) So Friday is no longer the most listened to uh, uh, episode during the week. It's Thursday. Ah, because you're going through the the, um, Old Testament. I'm going through Proverbs. Proverbs, yeah. Yeah. So folks are really enjoying that Proverbs study. That's awesome. And I'm glad you are because I am too. Yeah. So that's great. Friday is getting like over 2,000 downloads a day. That is awesome. We're creeping up on... Two million downloads. What? Yep. Five years of podcasting, two million downloads. That's How about a that? Lot. That is great. Now, there's something that we wanted to share with you as we get started here because there is a possibility we could lose the podcast. Yes. That's true. I think everybody's been seeing the technocracy that's technocracy. been cracking down on people, <laughs> trying to censor folks, knocking out videos, knocking out podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Gagnon, who is the professor of New Testament theology at Houston Baptist University, Facebook has kicked him off. Wow. So like he, totally? Yeah, they've knocked him out. Wow. He can't be on Facebook anymore. Okay. James White, I know, has said to his listeners, hey, be downloading the dividing line because you never know when they're just going to take us off the air. Mm, we can't yeah. stream on YouTube anymore. If that happens, we're talking about this here at the very beginning because if it ever happens to us, if Podbean decides to get rid of when we understand the text, if YouTube drops our videos, mm-hmm. whatever might happen, you can go to the website www.utt.com. Mm-hmm. And this is why we've moved the website from, you know, the various free services that we had and we've uh, decided to consolidate with the Majesty's Men. Right. They reached out to us, said, "Hey, why don't you bring your website onto our platform?" We sat down and talked about it at our own dining room table. Mm-hmm. We thought it was a great idea, so we've moved everything of ours over to the Majesty's Men. If it ever happens that the podcast gets knocked out, the Majesty's Men is going to start hosting it. Mm-hmm. Now, right, right now, yeah, right now we've got all of our listeners through Podbean, mm-hmm. or maybe you've got an iPhone or something like that, and you subscribe that way. Yeah. So we don't want to change anything now. Everything's going okay at the present. But if it so happens that we get booted off of whatever platform is hosting us, mm-hmm. just remember, if it, it somehow you look at your phone, or where's the podcast? Or go to the website. That's right. Or you go to YouTube and you can't find the videos anymore. Go to www.utt.com 
and we'll start setting everything up there mm-hmm. to stream the videos and the uh, and the podcast as a just in case. That's right. And and just check out the Majesty's Men anyway because they've yeah, got a great website. They're awesome. Also hosting my blog pastorgabe.com mm-hmm. and i haven't written anything in a while i've been wanting to write something especially because pastor tom has been under heat for <laughs> yeah. that tweet that he made recently uh where he, he he didn't call kamala harris jezebel there's another pastor in texas that has done that and now he's starting to get flack for that oh goodness but uh, pastor tom did not directly call kamala harris jezebel he said i can't imagine any truly god-fearing israelite who would have wanted their daughters to view Jezebel as an inspirational role model because she was a woman in power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it's inflammatory for Dr. Buck to say that, then it was inflammatory of Jesus in Revelation chapter 2 to refer to that false prophetess who was leading the church astray as Jezebel. That's true. It's a yeah. biblical term, and Tom it Buck is. framed it in a in a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't do anything wrong with that tweet. And we have had some good feedback from that. A lot of folks have responded and said, thank you for saying it. Yeah. And we're glad there are still some courageous pastors out there. Standing for the truth. That's right. Who are willing to speak the truth, even in the in the face of these threats of shutdown. We'll, sh- we'll shut you down. Yeah. We'll kick you off the internet. That, that seems to be the big threat right now for everybody. Yeah, just censoring everyone. Yeah. But if it happens, once again, head to www.utt.com. Or yeah, the Majesties, man, Majesties what you mentioned. <laughs> it's just a good website. Hey, on Friday, we respond to questions from the listeners, and you can send those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. This one comes from JC. He says, we watch a video series each Wednesday night at our church. It comes with a discussion booklet. Is it unbiblical for a woman to lead the discussion with men in attendance? We watch a video series each Wednesday night. So I'm guessing there the video series is being led by a woman. So mm-hmm. can a woman lead a teaching through a video series with men in attendance? What do you think? Most of the time it's, I mean, usually they have just women in the class, but if it's men, then it's... right. I mean, it's the same as if you were to have a woman come in person to teach men in the class. Right. So if you would not have a woman in person teaching a mixed group of men and women, then you shouldn't have a video series leading the class of men and women with a woman hosting it, with a woman teaching on the video series. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, right now, everybody's like not meeting in person or sheltering in place or right. whatever else. So if if the only difference here is that well she's on a screen instead of in person, then you might it's as well watch thing. Yeah. You might as well watch church services led by a woman then. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if we know, as it says in First Timothy two twelve, it says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, rather she is to remain quiet. And then he gives the reason. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So this goes back to the order of creation. Adam Mm -hmm. was formed first and then Eve. Right. And so this is why Paul states the Holy Spirit through Paul saying that a pastor should be a man. Mm -hmm. Men are supposed to be pastors, not women. And so notice there that the Spirit specifically addresses the function of an elder before he addresses the office of an elder. Right, yeah. Because we have the office and qualifications for overseer in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Mm-hmm. That's where we talk about if anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. But before that instruction, 
it is said that a woman is not to have teaching authority over men. Mm-hmm. It's, inter- it's interesting that Paul doesn't say there, I don't permit a woman to be a pastor. He says that she can't function in the office of an elder either, mm-hmm. in, in that purpose that an elder has to teach right. the church. So she can't serve that function either, as well as not hold that office. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, I hope that's helpful, JC. I know a lot of women who take that verse and and expound on it of, oh, well, I can't even talk in Bible study. That's not what that means. (laughs) It just means that you're not to teach. Yeah, it's in the context of teaching. Right. Yeah. So be sure to keep that in context. Yes. We have women teachers here Mm -hmm. at our church, but they teach women groups. Or children. Or children, right. But the, the mixed groups where you have men and women together, or you have corporate worship where the whole church is together, mm-hmm. those appointments are exclusive to men. Mm-hmm. Men over the teaching, men over the preaching. Like maybe you've got a guest speaker or something like that, not a pastor, mm-hmm. but they're preaching from the pulpit. You're still talking about the function of an elder there. Yes. So even that is supposed to be a man who is leading uh, the teaching and the worship that day. Yep. Even the older boys... I would think, too, would be included in that. Yeah, right. You're talking like youth, teenagers, mm-hmm. older teens. Yep. So we've uh, we've recently kind of stirred up some controversy with uh, uh, a couple of churches in the Southern Baptist Convention that had women pastors. Mm. You have uh, the big controversy this yeah. past week was one named church in South <laughs> Florida that was being led by, and it said, lead pastors, Corey and Jamie Farver. The husband and wife duo. Yeah. So they were both the lead pastors. It wasn't yeah. plural. Yeah. Pastors. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, a woman should not be serving in uh, in a position that's titled pastor anyway. But this was one of those cases where because you'll hear guys in the SBC go, well, yeah, there's some women that will have the title pastor, but they're not the head pastor. Right. But in this case, she was the lead pastor. That's the way her her title Mm-hmm. <laughs> is is spelled out on the website e- and even the way that she would introduce herself in videos. Hmm. And so because of that controversy that stirred up this week, one name church left the SBC. Oh, wow. Just in a matter of a couple of days. But there are still other churches in the Southern Baptist Convention that have women appointed to pastor and serve in the function of, of that office as well. Echo Church in San Jose, California being one of them. Hmm. So and there's others, uh, but those are uh, just a couple of examples. And we're hoping to see some change in the SBC because, as has been said for a long time, there's been an effort to kind of sneak egalitarianism in the back door. Yeah. And they're not sneaking it in. It's already there. Yeah, it's right there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we learned in the Old Testament that um, God is very precise about his instructions, like with the building of the temple, not temple, but the... um, well, yeah, tabernacle and then tabernacle. the temple. And, yeah. and then the temple, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he was very, very precise in everything. And then so Moses had to go and make sure everything was done right and well. Yeah. And because they did that, they were blessed by that. Right. So whenever you don't heed to his word, you won't be under his blessing. That's his, right. Yeah. That's God has prescribed his worship. Yes. What worship to God is supposed to look like. And we are not at liberty to say, well, yeah, I kind of like it this way, though. I know, because he made us. That's right. So he knows exactly what we need and how we need it. So who are we to say, oh, this works better? <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> like, seriously. That is right. 
because I you look at this text and you go, well, the, you know, that was a long time ago, and yeah. then you're saying God's word is not sufficient, right? I don't have to listen to this. I can do it my own way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, you start cutting corners here. You're going to cut corners in other areas. Yes. And generally, when you come across a church that is starting to appoint women in the position of pastor, they've already been cutting off. Cutting corners yeah, for a long time. Either in their ecclesiology or in their doctrinal teaching or something else. There's There's been some problems in that church in other places. Yeah, definitely. So I would say to you, JC, don't give any ground here. You need to inform your church. This isn't right for us to do this. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of good video series out there. We don't have to do this one. Right. In fact, go to Ligonier.com and check out some of the great video series that they have there. I'd like to see someone lead uh, Robert Godfrey's church history class. Oh, That's just an outstanding class. That'd be awesome. Or just get the video series and go through it with your family. Because mm-hmm. that's that's an area we're just not very well knowledgeable in. A lot of folks in church understanding church history. Yeah, I wasn't when I first became a pastor. Yep. I kind of had to catch up on some of that stuff. Yeah. This next question comes from Julio. He says, "Hello, Pastor Gabriel. I'd like to get your opinion on Jonathan Kahn. Oh heavens! <laughs> <laughs> There's your opinion. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just finished reading his book, The Paradigm." Very interesting parallels between Ahab and Bill Clinton, Jezebel and Hillary Clinton, Jeroboam and Obama, and Jehu and Trump. Yeah, see, Jonathan Kahn compared Hillary to Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Why is Dr. Buck getting all this flack about Great question. <laughs> just this thought exercise of, yeah. you know, God-fearing people in Israel would not be looking at Jezebel and telling their daughters, hey, there's a woman to admire. Mm. <laughs> who uh, who established the priesthood of Baal there in Israel, that's awful. Just because a woman is in power does not make her inherently in a position that you would want to go, hey, there's, there's a person worthy yeah. to admire. Kamala Harris getting vice president of the United States is not a step up. That's a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As liberal and as leftist and as pro-abortion as she is. Anyway, I'm, I'm not even finished rabbit with it. trailing. Yeah, I am. I, I haven't gotten through Julio's email yet. Uh, I am able to understand the child sacrificing comparison. See there, he makes it even. Mm-hmm. Khan has made it. But could the book of Kings prophesy those events more than 3,000 years later? I believe it's possible as the Old Testament reveals Jesus Christ as well, and one day he will come again as the King of Kings. Is Jonathan Khan a false prophet? Well, the answer to this, Julio, is yes. He is a false prophet. No, The story of Ahab and Jezebel is not a prophecy concerning Bill Clinton, Hillary, Obama, and Trump. That's not what that's about. If you see any parallels there, it's simply because... They're evil. (laughs) Well, okay, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you either serve the Lord or you serve the devil. Exactly. So... Right. There's nothing new under the sun. That's where I was going with that. See, you got it. That's where I was going. There's nothing new under the sun. What has already happened is what will be. Yes. That's simply it. We've we've been here before. The world's leaders are not any different now than they were 3,000 years ago. Just dress a little different. That's right. See, Jonathan Kahn is the kind of guy that when Jesus returns... He's going to be going, see, the the Bible prophesied this. Mm. Now let me write a best-selling book about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jonathan God. That's <laughs> He is a false teacher, and he's made other prophecies that were, that were just wrong. He's heretical as well on some other points. 
But let me play this video because I actually did a video responding to this exactly. He was talking about the paradigm on Sid Roth's program at Supernatural. Okay. So I covered that in a 90-second video. Uh, And it wasn't Sid Roth that was hosting this particular episode. It was Michael Brown. Oh. Dr. Michael Brown. So here you go. Listen to this, and then we'll get to the next question. friend Jonathan Kahn. You have a new book, The Paradigm. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this. If you had The Paradigm years back, you could actually know the outcome of presidential elections before they happen. It actually reveals, this is from thousands of years ago, Osama bin Laden, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and this is so precise that we have to be prepared. Biblically, in the Old Testament, God would raise up a Jewish prophet. I believe Rabbi Jonathan Kahn has been raised up by God for this moment in All right, Jonathan, I need you to pray right now for the rising of that Elijah spirit among the people of God. Father, we ask for the spirit of Elijah to come upon this nation, to come upon the church, come upon the one listening, come on. Hebrews 1.1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Paul told Timothy, charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. These certain persons have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers without understanding what they're saying or the things about which they make their confident assertions. The stewardship from God is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Jesus forgives sin and gives eternal life to all who repent and believe. Preach that message when we understand the text. I wish you could have seen Becky when it got to the record scratch part in that video. It hurt my ears. (laughs) So I jumped. (laughs) She jumped like something startled her. It was great. And then he starts laughing at me. (laughs) But you know, something else about, I watched that whole episode Mm -hmm. with Michael Brown interviewing Jonathan Kahn Mm -hmm. over his book, The Paradigm. Okay. And again, it's just silly because Kahn says, see, if you read these stories about the kings, you would be able to predict future presidencies. No, you can't because Kahn didn't do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's just looking back and going, hey, this sounds familiar. I seem to remember this happening in the Old Testament somewhere. So, no, it's not talking about predicting future presidencies. But anyway, I watched that whole episode. Christ is never mentioned. Really? Yeah. And you notice there that Michael Brown is doing that thing of like, uh, pray for the Elijah spirit to come Uh, upon us. Yeah. Why not pray for the wisdom? (laughs) That comes from Jesus. Yeah, right. That's from God alone. That is totally silly. It is weird. It was a gospel-less program. It was just... Trying to sell Jonathan Kahn's book. Yeah. So, yeah, in summary, Julio, he's a false prophet. This next one comes from Jessica in Canada. She says, I just listened to your shows on Romans 13 on closing and opening churches. I have a question. First off, I agree with your position completely. And these were, when did I do this? Was this last week? Two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I was doing the uh, series on Romans 13. Last week, I finished Romans 13. So the one where we were talking about submitting to government and how that relates to when the government tells you to close your church. Mm, Yeah. Those were a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to those. So she says, I agree with your position. My church does not. I'm in Canada and it is not the law to close here either. And yet we are into our second lockdown or stay at home order 
and my church is closed again. I love my church. The teaching is great, but I feel that they are failing in this area. My question partly pertains to what's sinful. When open, they force compliance with masks. Again, not a law here, even though we have exemptions for health reasons. Myself and my children are medically exempt from wearing masks, so we are not allowed to attend church, which is very hurtful, not being welcome because we cannot wear a mask. They now have a caveat that if you want to attend, you have to submit a letter in writing stating that you are exempt from wearing a mask. Our family does not feel comfortable with this, especially being that the government does not require proof of exemption. So what is our church? The elders have stated that unless you wear a mask or provide in writing that you are exempt, we must stay home. So we have obeyed our elders because we are not comfortable in our conscience with providing something in writing to attend. We stay home and we watch online. Are we the ones in the wrong or are we in sin for not attending? We absolutely want to be in church. We have no desire to be staying home. Our church is just forcing the mandates, which are not law, and also asking for more proof beyond what the government does. Secondly, is it wrong for us to attend another church? In the meantime, that does not require proof of mask exemption, even though we are members at our church and not the other church. We have been wrestling with this for a long time, and we want to be sure that we are not in sin and we do the God honoring thing when the churches do open back up, praying that they do. Mm. Sincerely, Jessica. Well, taking uh, what you have said here in your email that you're you're sharing everything, that you've talked to your elders about this, that you've been in mm-hmm. conversations. This has been a long time. Yeah. Uh, you cannot wear masks. It it actually causes more health complications for you to wear a mask than it does to not wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So your elders are telling you that you have to stay home. I would say that your elders are doing something unbiblical. Mm-hmm. I talked about this on the on the podcast just this past Wednesday as we have been going through Romans 14. Some folks have been taking the Romans 14 principles about matters of conscience. Oh, yeah. And have been applying that to wearing masks <laughs> because... Paul starts that there by saying, as for the person who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Mm -hmm. So therefore, what he goes on to share there and also what we have in 1 Corinthians chapters 8 through 10, there are some who take those passages and they say that we who are strong in faith, therefore, we have to wear masks because those who are weak have to wear masks. Yeah. And that's not a proper application of Romans 14. Right. To understand that as not quarreling over opinions means if you feel like you have to wear a mask then wear a mask. If you feel like you cannot wear a mask, then don't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of opinion, and we should not be divided over that. Mm. As I said on Wednesday, the problem I have is when churches start preventing people from either coming to church or or most especially to the Lord's table, Mm. to be together as the church at the Lord's Supper, that's where things start becoming a problem. You're taking uh, the mask issue... And you're actually barring someone from the table over something that is not a sin. Right. It's not a sin to not wear a mask. Right. But you're saying that that person can't come to the Lord's table Mm -hmm. because they don't wear a mask. So that's that's tying burdens on on people that they're not meant to bear. Yeah. I mean, you're doing something really search your heart on this, but I believe you're really doing something pharisaical. You are tying something onto a person that God does not prescribe. Mm. That we have to do. And so therefore, a church cannot keep a person from coming to church because they won't wear a mask. 
So do you think she should go to another church or do you think that they should stay home, continue staying home? Because I don't think they should continue staying home if they can help it. Right. I don't think so either. If you really want to go to church, as you said, and not only that, but scripture commands us to go to church. Mm hmm. So, uh, yes, please go look for another church Mm -hmm. and that's going to be on your elders. Don't feel guilty because you have gone and sought for another place where you can worship with a body of believers. Your elders are keeping you from coming in Mm -hmm. over a matter that is a difference of opinion. Right. And and it's not right that they do that. So it would be a good idea for you to go look for another church. Now, whether you permanently make that transition, Mm -hmm. I would talk to the elders of that next church. Mm-hmm. So wherever you go next and you find uh, a body to worship with, ask their advice. So you get personal counsel from other elders, mm-hmm. somebody who's a little more personally acquainted with the situation and is able probably to make a better assessment than I can. Right. From afar. <laughs> yeah. But I know she's not the only one in that position because we have friends from Canada that are in similar situations. And we've had a lot of emails like this. Yeah. Folks in Canada that have said their churches are shut down. We talked to our own church about it here at First Baptist Lindale. We had a Sunday night service a couple of weeks ago, and I just opened by saying, you know, it's wonderful to see so many people come on a Sunday night yeah, and just appreciate what it is that you've got. Because awesome. Yeah. We get emails all the time from people that are saying, I, I haven't been to church in months, mm. churches that have been closed for 10, 11 months now. Ugh. And so people have not had the Lord's Supper in that long. That's too long. We have not been able to participate in the Lord's Supper or rejoice in a baptism or be together in person and hear the public preaching of the word of God, loving on each other and encouraging one another. I know what that's like. I, I know what it's it's like to be separated from people for that long. And it's yeah. a struggle. I, well, not that long. <laughs> I, I've experienced it for short periods of time. Yeah. And that was hard enough. <clears throat> yeah. You, that's not something we should get used to either. Right. We should crave to be with the body. When you read in Ephesians 4, 16, that the body builds itself up together in love. I mean, everything that you read there, instructions regarding the church in Ephesians chapter four, you can't read that as any other way, but we're meant to be together in person. Yeah. Every, every passage that talks about loving one another is the body of Christ is talking about being together and loving one another. Mm -hmm. They couldn't, they couldn't literally. Yeah. (laughs) They couldn't watch live streaming services back in the first century. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even this phenomenon is only something like 20 years old. Yeah. If that. Yeah. Being able True. to watch services uh, on TV, that's been going on for longer, but that's definitely not going to church. Yeah. No. Don't watch Joel Osteen and think you're going to church. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I've heard it before. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, a, a, several years back, it was before we ever even got to the COVID stuff. But, uh, we, you know, when we were at First Southern Baptist Church in Junction City, mm-hmm. we'd get new families that would come in because of the military, yeah. because of Fort Riley. So they'd, they would move in because the military had relocated them there. And I would get a gal every once in a while that would come in and say, you know, I haven't been to church in so long, but I've I've still been attending church. I've been watching the services on ABC Family or mm. on Daystar, and I'm going, oh, boy, don't even start naming preachers because I would not be able oh. to keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I'm worshiping God out in the wilderness because I... I have my alone time with God out. Oh yeah, there's so that I go one too. Hunting instead of going to church. Yeah, that's you yeah, don't. That's, that's not in the common. Bible, guys. Yeah, it's that, not. <laughs> that's not going to church. 
Church means a called out assembly of people. And to be that assembly, we must assemble. Mm-hmm. In the words of my friend yeah. Chris Honeholes, church, assemble. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening. I guess that uh, that pretty much wraps us up. That does. Because like I said, we're transitioning to doing just a half an hour right now. Yes. That's pretty much all we got time for. Yep. We dragged the kids out and everything, so. They're in the room across from us watching Looney Tunes. Yes. Old, Old school. school. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stuff we grew up with. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your good word and the instructions that you give to us. And I pray that uh, that we would submit to what you have said by your authority in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. It's all the word of God. It is God breathed and is good for our instruction, for rebuke, for training us up in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. And I pray that we love this word. We share it with others. We encourage our church to biblical fidelity and gospel faithfulness. We are building one another up in love and uh, and even in our evangelistic experiences when we can share the gospel with somebody else. Bring to our minds those words that we have so cherished and stored up in our hearts that we may share the word of God and the wonderful promises therein with other people that they may recognize their sin and their need for a Savior, and Christ is that Savior. We ask for your continued blessing upon us that the fear of God would, uh, would be on our hearts. We fear God and no one else. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs>